As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only L.A. Magoots. What's up, pal? I don't remember if I've done this before, but I love when you start off the episode based on what time of day it is here when we're recording. Yeah, I know. I always do that. I know, but it's really funny. <laughs> it's, it's like we've gone through afternoons. We've gone through, obviously, now it's evening. I feel like if the sun's still out and we did this, you'd probably say afternoon. I, w- I would have said afternoon, yeah. yeah. It's tougher with the, the time change, uh, with the daylight savings of it all, but I like to think that it correlates to somebody out there listening. Somebody's yeah. listening in the afternoon or the evening. So they're going to be like, oh, wow, they're like, they recorded at the same time as I'm listening. It's like that old radio thing where it says, like, happy birthday, Fred. And then some guy named Fred's some, like, thank God. Exactly. Somebody said it. Yeah. You know, that, that's what I'm going for is the happy birthday, Fred. That's what I call it. All right, that's You call it the happy birthday, Fred? Happy birthday, Fred. Yeah, that, that checks out then. Yeah. Well, then we're gearing up for LA. It finally set in. I feel like this week, I haven't really. I've got like excited for it. Obviously, the show is a completely separate entity, but like going to LA, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Now that we're in this week, I'm pumped. I love traveling. I do too, and I'm excited to get out there. And we get it's nice. We have like a couple of days of R and R. We're going out to stay with my brother, so we get to relax. He's a big foodie, so I'm sure he'll have like a good dinner spot for us picked out on Friday. I just want food and coffee. Food, coffee, and booze friendship no not booze for me <laughs> but <laughs> close enough and weed well yeah well uh, free uh, free free i always do that i equate legal weed to free weed for some reason i wish i don't know why i've said that multiple times people are like yeah you're going to la i was like yeah free weed and i'm like nope that's still <laughs> not it at all. just legal just like as a psa if somebody offers you free weed on the street don't take it yeah probably don't take it especially take it. if you're in la because you can go to they have them like convenience stores yeah. When I went to visit my brother last time, like you walk into the dispensaries, like it's on the street. You just walk in, they like look at your ID, and it's like you're picking out candy. They're like, but I love how like gentle the people that work there are. They're like, right. oh yeah, man, like what's your vibe? What are you feeling? What what's been bugging you lately? Are we having trouble sleeping? Are we having trouble eating? We're a little nauseous, a little anxious. What do you got? Yeah, like this stuff's gonna make you feel like you're wrapped up in a blanket that somebody wrapped you up in. Right, but they'll and get not into like it. There's a guy at your back door that's gonna break in. Those are the weeds that I don't like. Wait, what? <laughs> the anxious weeds. <laughs> I guess the level of officialness to it, uh-huh. considering where weed used to be to where it is now, yeah. it's just it's it's a delightful experience in a dispenser. If you have not been, yeah, it truly is. Well, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. The most important thing, and I glossed over this, and I think you did too unintentionally. We have an early morning flight Monday, and I'm going to leave my overhead light on the whole time. I will fucking murder you. Cool. We're not sitting next to each other. One will, more train. I will walk train. up. I will walk up the aisle, turn the light off, and slap you. That's fine. You'll get kicked off the plane. I will. One I'll... more plane thing to add to our <laughs> repertoire. <laughs> what have we got? Poop in the aisle. Poop in the seat. Air uh, overhead lights. Shades. Yep. There's so many other ones I have. You know what I really hate, and it's not. It's my fault. I take ownership of this one. But I always like an aisle seat because I have to get up and pee, and I don't like to move everybody. I feel right. bad. My see, I am a courteous traveler. Everything I do is for everybody else. I sit yeah. in the aisle because I Just know I. Because you get, get annoyed at other things doesn't make you not courteous, right? 
But I'll put my I'm a I lean right because I like to lean away. The person in the middle gets both armrests. I would right? agree with that. That's yeah. that's just an unspoken rule. So yep. I always lean away to give them extra space. They're stuffed in the middle. I always feel bad. So I think I'm, that rule should be spoken though. I agree. Everyone should. Not follow everybody that rule. gets that. One. I know. And then you get yeah. the people like the awkward like elbow. Yeah, we're not fight. sharing this thing. You know, you get the elbow fight. I'm stuck in How between your sweaty one? asses. How about this one? This was wild to me. And I didn't talk about this because okay. I, I feel like everyone's going to be like, oh, don't fly with steel. I'm a very good person to fly I'll, with I'll report I mind back my own this. business. This woman next to me kept lifting the armrest. So there was no blockade between the two of us. And not in like a creepy way where she was trying to like catch a vibe. She was just that aloof where she, every time I looked away, she'd lift up the armrest. Now we're side by side, like, you know, kind of touching. What's the point in that? I don't know. that the not big arm, enough? Was the, she like... No, it wasn't that. It's just like the armrest signifies multiple things. Yeah. Okay? One, it's a place to rest your arms. Obviously. Boundaries. Thank you. It's a boundary. I don't know you. You don't know me. We are not she cool. spilling over a little bit to you? No, there was like... none of that. It was just like... But she was aloof. And then she now she's like talking to the dude next to me, which I hate that too. Like... Don't talk to people on airplanes. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> settle down now. And then she's leaning to talk to him. And then her ass is like creeping into my seat because she's talking to this guy on the right. And now I have no room. And this is where the other thing comes in. So I lean the other way, right? So now if you're not watching YouTube, you're missing out. I'm doing a lot of Yeah, a lot of movements going on. Then I'm leaning this way. And the fucking bar cart comes down the aisle and whack, fucking elbow smokes me wedding singer and then i feel yeah but yeah. then i feel bad because i'm like shit and i look up and the poor stewardess is like pushing the thing i'm like no it's not you she's like i'm so sorry i'm like oh, it's not your fault it's this woman next to me that doesn't respect boundaries or armrests that we need to get off this plane because this is horrible kick the guy out next to her too because he won't shut the fuck up about nothing we're not talking about anything you guys are never going to know each other after this just sit down watch yeah, a fucking are, movie some of those things are life's little pleasantries you meet somebody on a plane. You you're never don't like see talking to strangers on planes. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, no, I've, I've said it before. I leave my AirPods in the entire time, even if I'm not. You go to work and leave your AirPods yeah. in because you don't like talking to your coworkers. I don't want people to talk to me. That's my point. So you, you understand. Won't. So don't gaslight me on this because we're on the same team here. I did not have a rant this early in the episode, non Bravo related, on my bingo card. Yeah, where's your prop bets? Get your prop bets out, everybody. Someone just won a lot of money. Bro, sports book pre <laughs> pre Bravo rant from Steel. Thanks to another airline incident. Anyway, let's move on. We <laughs> it's our midweek episode, so we gotta power rank some things, and we got a lot, a lot of stuff on the slate. We said last week that this is gonna be an ever fluid list because there's a lot of shows and there's a lot of good shows right now. So let's hear what you got. Let's start at the bottom. Oh, starting at the bottom. All right, I'm gonna here. throw. Uh, right now I'm throwing Miami at the bottom. Completely yep. changed, too. I think that was number two. That was number week, two. Or... Until they pick things up, until things start to get interesting again, it's going to slowly move down. But again, we've you know, we got good choices this week. So It's not a bad last place. No, I no, not at episode. all. It's, it's just tough to go against shows that are doing really well. So I've got Miami down at the bottom. I'm going to actually put... I guess I'll put Beverly Hills slightly above them. Then I've got... Then Potomac, then Salt Lake, and then at the top is still Southern Charm. Okay. I like that. I like that. Mine would be as follows. I think my number five is also Miami, but again, this is going to change week to week. I thought Miami was really good, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed the episode. It's just you're, we got a lot of bangers right now, so it's a good problem to have. At four, I'm also going to go Beverly Hills. At 
three, Potomac, two, Salt Lake, one, Southern Charm. There you so go. I, yeah, I thought I was going to mix it up. And I, I, as I was going through it, I was yeah. like, I can't lie. Because that's the thing is Southern Charm's doing super well right now, which Southern we'll get Charm. into that episode. It's just, it's off the charts. I mean, it's it's probably one of the best seasons of Bravo that I've I've watched thus far. It's one of those that's like, most shows, I don't get pulled away from my notebook. Like, I'll yeah. sit there. You've sat and watched with me. Like, I write pretty much the entire time mm-hmm. that I'm watching, just because that's how I remember things more than anything. I have to stop and rewind Southern Charm, because I will get sucked into the TV and just watch. I'm just watching, and then I'm like, fuck, I need to write that down. I'll rewind it like 30 seconds. So it's taking me like... If only your brain worked the way mine does, because no, that's man. how I watch it. God, I just, I wish that I could just remember things so bad, and I never have been able to. I've always had to write yeah. it down, but golly. Am I envious of you on that one? <laughs> Instead of having, if you look around this room, which you can't see on the camera, there's like 15 notebooks throughout the room. There's they one there. Yeah. There's five over there. There's two in this drawer right here. There's one next to me right here. There's one on the table. I'm not lying. A little I, notebook search. This is how I have to remember stuff. It's a nightmare. I know. But I get it. But people the- think that I'm in, like an intellectual though, because I walk around with notebooks. They're like, oh, he must be. He must be onto something. And no, like you're also a personal trainer, so you could just have like workouts and diets and stuff written in there. So it it makes sense, and you do actually have recipes and stuff like that in there. So it makes sense. You just live a life of notebook life. Yeah, but uh, people think I'm like interesting and shit. Little do they know, I'm writing about. I'm writing a workout. Wait, 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 how do you know they think you're interesting? Are they like? Do they walk over and they're like, "Wow, you're a pretty interesting guy." This guy's got got arm tattoos and he's got bracelets and a notebook. What's his deal? I don't think nobody's ever said that. Everyone says that. Ask anybody. Move the fuck on. Ask let's get out of here. Anybody. <laughs> but let's dive into some Bravo. We've been rambling for long enough. Before we do that, let me just drop this little bit of knowledge to everybody listening. Sunday night, as you know, is our live show at the Bourbon Room in LA with Zach Peter. Donna Bowling of Daily Dose of Donna is going to be there as well. We love her. She's amazing. She's a good friend of Zach's. We got Bravo Lebs coming out. But the coolest part of this is, for all of you listening at home that aren't living in L.A., this is live streaming. So you can stream along with us. You can buy it and watch it from the comfort of your own home. Put on some PJs, have a cup of coffee, a little hot cocoa maybe, and watch the bros live from your computer. at 9 and then the bros at 10. Wow. That's a Sunday lineup. That is a Sunday lineup. That's, That's better than Sunday night football. I don't know what's playing on Sunday night. I don't know. I don't know who's playing on Sunday night. I, I'm at the game. I, I think it's actually pretty good, but I, you, you know, know what? You I know what's better? The Brav Bros. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest. I agree. I'd rather watch the Eagles than us, too. Yeah. But let's move on to Southern Charm. And I'm going to call this the Lake episode because we're, I didn't know, to your point last week where you said Taylor probably comes from money. And I was like, oh, we haven't seen that. Yeah. Their family home is on the same lake, like adjacent to Shep's house. They're actually directly on the lake. I know. And you can see Shep's house off in the distance across the lake. So I'm going to assume that Taylor's family has has a decent amount of money as well. So that that is an interesting thing to note. It's weird though that like they're on the same lake and forty five minutes away. Oh, it was? Oh, was it one of those? They were up so when I think it was when Taylor's dad was kind of pointing it off. He looked up and pointed up towards maybe like the second ridge in the mountains, and that's kind of where Sheps was. So he's not even on that lake. I thought but, the house that they showed across the lake was Sheps. No, house. no, 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 no. Oh. They did say originally that it was like a half an hour, forty-five minute drive away, and it makes sense too because Olivia was leaving and then stopped at a winery on the way, and then was able. Oh, uh, that's home a good point. But that's yeah. also that doesn't mean anything. 
when I was staying in Lake Norman in North Carolina, to get from one, like you could have been a mile away from something, mm-hmm. but to drive around the lake was like an hour. Oh, yeah. So I wonder how this is not important. Not important <laughs> at all. I don't know. This is, But that's how that works. Okay, cool. We get stuck on these things. But we start out in Taylor's family's house and Olivia is headed up there so that they can have a conversation. And I'm glad that the families know weirdly that they're involved to hopefully like push this forward a little yeah. bit. But I don't, I did not see it going well before she got there and Olivia ends up getting there. And when she talked to her mom on the phone on the way up, I almost cried the entire time they were talking just because you can tell they're just trying to figure out things to do to keep moving forward. Right. She says, you know, your dad's working and she, he's working a lot, a lot. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm glad you have something to do. She knows that Taylor just did something really bad to her. But at the same time, she's like, I'm glad you're getting up there. We found out later that the parents are all close as well. So this makes this whole thing. There's a lot more layers to this than there was previous. There's already a ton of layers. Now we got more. They had like a family Christmas dinner together. Yep. The parents all did. So yeah. this whole thing is just a disaster. It's definitely a disaster. And obviously, I mean, there's two things that are on my mind. One, how does Taylor's mom feel about what Taylor did in the eyes of God? which is kind of how she prefaces everything, it seems. I was going to comment on that because I wrote it down in here. Like, I don't care what your religious beliefs are. Like, it's none of my business and you believe what you want to believe. I don't like when people preface every conversation with God. Yep. It it, it just irritates me. But, like, and that's okay because that at least, if Olivia is like that and her family is like that, then that, those are really comforting words when she goes to greet Olivia. But what I'm interested in is Taylor telling her parents what happened, exactly what happened. Right. How does God feel about that? I don't know. Not great. Not great. Did you ask forgiveness? I hope I so. Know. But that's, I guess my, when she is comforting Olivia and says, you know, speaks religion to her and stuff like that, that didn't bug me. I thought that's No, no, not subject. at all. What bugged me is when they walk by the lake and she goes, it's God's creation. What could be better? I'm like, I did the same you thing. just say it's a lake. I just roll my it's eyes. It's a beautiful lake. Yeah, I it's know. It's a beautiful lake. But my other thought in this whole matter was, this is emotional manipulation. You cannot have your parents there. Oh, I Taylor, see what you're saying. Taylor is using her parents as a cop-out. You think this is calculated? Keep my, par- keep my parents here as a buffer because Olivia could come into this, walk in, completely blow shit up, which she still did. And I'm happy that Olivia is still kind of stuck to her morals. I loved it. Now- you drive four or five hours away to go to have a short conversation with somebody to realize I can't stay with you. I'm leaving right now. That sucks. It does. But to have the balls to actually be like, nah, I can't do it. Yeah. Even though her parents are there and having that awkward interaction, where it's like, no, I'm leaving. Like I'm happy that like her parents didn't step in at least and say, you know, why don't you stay? You know, you can stay away and we'll try to figure this whole thing out. Like they did play their part and then they got the fuck out of there as they should, which is good. Um, But again, I'm still thinking of Taylor, like, Man up. I mean, you you were man enough to invite Olivia out there so that you guys could sit down and talk. She accepted your invitation. I don't really think in this conversation that Taylor necessarily did anything wrong. I just feel like Olivia has so many emotions for so many different things right now that she wasn't necessarily thinking straight in the sense that, yeah, I'm going to go drive five hours to Taylor's house to have this conversation. But you also got the production of it, you know, sure. she's got to be at one of those houses. Exactly. She's got to be at one of those houses, which is, you know, fine. And it worked out really well. It did work out well. What I saw in that conversation, and maybe you're right, maybe Taylor thought that because her parents were there, it was kind of be this big buffer for her, where she wouldn't have to have the extra difficult conversation. I wish that Taylor would, where it bugs me when people are like, it would be so much easier if I did sleep with him. It'd be so much easier if I could say this. Yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. Just say what you want to say. 
Like all of it. You really already lied it. and got caught lying. You and can't then you then doubled say it would be down. better if I was lying again. Like what, what No, what does that, that mean? makes no sense. All you have to do here is go, look, I fucked up. I want us to be friends. You tell me the way forward. If it's time that you need, I will step back entirely, give you the time you need to figure this out. If this is the end of it, it's on me. I need to own that shit. Don't just, she gently goes after it. And then Olivia fires back with everything she's feeling. She goes, I flat out think you guys had sex and nothing you're going to say is going to change my mind. Right. Olivia drew a line in the sand and Taylor's like, all right, that's it. It seemed to me that Olivia kind of already had her mind made up as to where she is. However, and I don't want to harp on this too much, but she did just drive five hours. I that's th- when I think the most. Here's, I know, you've said it six times, but... <laughs> I I know, that's think... that's when I personally think oh, the most. Like, while I'm driving, I if I'm driving a long trip, I've got nothing but myself, maybe a couple of podcasts, some music, whatever, but I'm still thinking so much about everything. Absolutely. So I feel like maybe when she agreed to leave and she said, let's see what happens, somewhere along that drive, she kind of let things fester and realized this is how I feel. That's interesting. I think the opposite. I think that she was doing the, I agree with you that she was definitely Mm -hmm. thinking. I think she thought her way into being like, all right, you know what? This might be good. I might be able to at least have a nice weekend. I love her parents. I love her family. Maybe I can go there and just like see what happens. And I think she got there and as soon as she saw Taylor, was like, nope, I can't. This is not right. I don't feel good here. I need to get the fuck out immediately. Thank you for agreeing with me that she was definitely thinking in the car. Absolutely. She definitely wasn't driving. She definitely wasn't not thinking. She definitely wasn't not thinking on the way out. But I think that she thought herself into wanting to stay. And then when she got there, realized it was no longer a good idea. But we cut over to the dude's house and Shep drinks milk out of direct. Do you ever do that? No. Directly out of the carton? No. That's ridiculous. I thought that only happened in movies. I've done that with like... Wawa iced tea before, but like, sure. you know, you get like the half gallon or the quart or whatever and you, you start drinking that. That's fine. Milk, no. Milk no. is different. That was a weird move by him, but whatever. I have to comment on this because it's gray sweatpants season. Rod's moose knuckle was offensive. I didn't even see it. I mean, as soon as he entered camera, I was like, whoa. Rod or Rodrigo? Rod. Oh, uh, okay. Rod, put some briefs. Don't, don't you walk full frontal camera. And I'm just seeing moose knuckle, like right in my face. Like, that's offensive. Put, put a brief on. You take your word for it on that okay. one. Not gonna no, I'm going to send you a picture of it. I'm going to <laughs> screenshot it and send you a picture. And, uh, you know, just don't be walking Great around. Great sweatpants season. You got to celebrate. Fine. If you want to flaunt your moose knuckle, fine. You're I have no issue with it. pants on Thursday for YouTube? No. Why not? Because I think but that. But it's YouTube. They I deserve it. I think it's it. unbecoming. And he just walks out there all willy-nilly with his willy-nillying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> regardless. Think of it that way. <laughs> Regardless, JT and Rod chat. And Rod's upset with the information that Austin relayed to him. And after watching it back, you can tell Austin was trying to take a little dig there because the the adjectives he uses. She gave me a big old hug. She kissed me right on the chest. While he was, one, trying to exonerate himself, two, he was still trying to dig a little bit at Rod because he's uncomfortable with this whole situation. Even so... JT is still more upset than Rod about this whole thing. And I think this is going to get annoying. I really think it's going to get... You think it's going to get annoying? More. I think it's going to get unbearable. It's been annoying since he's it's showed been annoying. his face on TV. I mean, I think it's going to get unbearable. Where good it's for like, the show, man. Good for the show. He is good for the show. No, he's not. He's annoying he's as good shit. for the show. But I thought it was hilarious that Shep is visibly irritated with pretty much everything JT says. So she's like, so what's the deal with that? Like, do you wear clothes? Like, what do I wear if I... He's like, you fucking wear jeans, man. It's not that complicated. I'm sick. I just drank curdled milk out of that. Raw dogged it. JT had nine cups of coffee and got up early. I hate- He's, I, he is... 
the quintessential worst person to go on a trip with. Yep, he's Wakes that guy. up early, tells everybody that he was up early, tells everybody how much coffee he had, and then just starts dumb shit drama and has dumb comments that you have to go back at him for because he's annoying a little bit. We all know that guy that gets up early. Yeah. If you want to be that person, by all means. Get up, go for a walk before everyone's awake, come back. Go for a walk, come back and out. cook breakfast for everybody and you'll be in their grace. Or you can sit there and have coffee. Just don't tell people about what you did. Yeah. When they ask, be like, oh yeah, I had a nice morning. Period. Done. That's it. Move on. No. Why were you up early, JT? Because you slept in a bunk bed? Probably. Is it bigger than the bed you sleep in at home? Yes. Mommy lets you sleep in the race car at home. <laughs> but the boys are going to rip some lip, which I didn't think I was going to hear that on Bravo. Nope. But they're ripping lip, and uh, that's an old term used to fish, because if you hook a fish with the hook, it hooks in their lip. That's where ripping lip comes from, if you're not sure, because their explanation sucked. You don't rip their lips off. Yours ripping lip. Well, they wouldn't know. But when they get to the fly fishing venue, Nate and Cole, their guides, are the most fly fishing dudes I've ever seen. I'm like, of course these guys are taking them out. All right, guys, let's go over everything real quick. If your pole's not a candy cane, you're going to have a bad time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but uh, to no shock. And here's my problem. And we don't have, there's not a whole lot happened during this scene. JT's like, oh, we can get in this, right? What do you think the point of waders are? And what do you think happens when water gets inside of them? And he acted later like he slipped. He didn't slip. He no. says, you can just ride, like we can get in this, right? And gets willingly in. And then he's full of water. Slid and then he downstream. bitches about it the whole yep. time. Well, you know what? He's not a big guy, so I feel like if he did go down, the current would probably take him away. It wasn't that strong of a current, but it would take him away. I think it swept him away and filled up his waders. swept him away and filled up his waders. The whole scene, I wanted it to be a peaceful fly fishing scene. It was not that. It was just a little chaotic, but Rodrigo and Craig have a nice little heart-to-heart while they're in the stream, and you know, as we've all been voicing, Craig feels like it's time to move forward with his relationship. Paige is kind of stalling a little bit. She's not sure what she wants. The big elephant in the room is where are they going to live? Right. All right. And if they can figure out a way to make it work, New York and Charleston, I thought about this today. I think about their relationship like when I'm not watching Bravo, which is just ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm fine. It's just because of our job now, like these are the things I think about on a daily basis. All right. Then tell me, give me on a scale of one to 10, 10, they make it, they get married, they have a life together. And one, you think it's 10? I do. I think that they're it. I think they're end game. Clip for next week? I did. And I think that production's doing it a little bit dirty, but here's, oh. yeah, I do. I think they cut it weird. I honestly think that they can make New York and Charleston work because I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, and eventually down the road, 10, 15 years from now, they might settle on one spot. But this dynamic seems to work for them, at right. least for her. And it Craig, works for her, yeah. But Craig, I do believe, will do anything for this woman. Because he even says, and I was shocked to hear him verbalize it. He's like, do I leave the woman of my dreams to have kids? Because that's how desperately I want this old school American dream, white picket fence, family, yard, all that stuff. And Rodrigo voices, well, do you really want to leave the love of your life to have kids with somebody else? And Craig's like, no, absolutely not. So I think that because he's willing to sacrifice, and maybe she will in the future, I don't know. I don't see them not together. I don't see them willingly not together but i feel like it could get to that point and obviously we're going to see more with this we're going to see more in summer house kind of the dynamic of the relationship but what i'm happy to see is i think back to the beginning of the relationship and it was a little chaotic and they were all over the place and craig was still kind of the craig of old Paige was still kind of being a little bit of annoying and this is kind of where it was 
now when I see the two of them talking and I see her calling him and they're on the phone together, like it's it's pleasant. It's, it's genuine. nice and it's very genuine and they actually like each other. So I hope they figure it out. I just don't really see a path until Paige does the sacrifice, which again, you know, we're talking about things that we don't even know about yet. We're right. just kind of throwing it out there, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I do. I'm, as far as Bravo relationships go, I have hope for that one more so than other ones. How about that? We'll leave it there. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. But the guys head to the vineyard and Olivia's going to meet them there after leaving Taylor's house. And Craig brings up that he just feels sad for Olivia. And there's a dynamic here that we haven't talked about enough. Austin and Shep, Pretty much fine. As we find out later, there's some underlying things there that will come to light yeah. this episode. But for all intents and purposes, they're okay. Olivia and Austin are pretty much fine. There's still some underlying things there for sure. But as far as being able to be in the same room, stay in the same house, have a conversation, hang out solo, they're there. The only relationship still fractured is Taylor and Olivia. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy to think about. Like, I'm trying to think about it from like Olivia's perspective, even Taylor's perspective there. Like looking around and being like, all right, so everybody's cool. Even the other guy that was a party to this, who you dated. But Taylor and Olivia can't figure their shit out. Like when you put it that way, it's just, it's kind of weird. It's very weird. But when you think about the people that are involved in the dynamics of that, it's not that weird. Okay. Because their behavior is always fucking bizarre. Well, Shep and Austin, it doesn't make any sense. Shep we, says we're dirtbags. And, and we understand what Shep's ulterior motives are because he realizes, wow, this kind of puts Taylor into the doghouse and I want a way back to being friends with Taylor. So if I can look at her and say, look, it's not that big of a deal. I can forgive this. If you can forgive me, we mm -hmm. can be friends. Right. That's what Shep wants. Austin just wants to be exonerated no matter what. And so he can continue to do his dirtbag shit. That's what he wants. He's getting that. Cool. Everybody's good. Olivia and Austin, obviously, they get brought back together after what happened to Olivia because they can share that kind of trauma together. Aside from that happening, there's no way that they would be this cool. But it's still kind of weird to see them together because it seems like everything's completely fine. Obviously, Austin and Taylor are going to be entirely fine. There's no issues at all. We talked about that. They were FaceTiming the next morning after people found out. They don't and care. Drips together. Austin doesn't care. Taylor, I feel like, again needs friendships because she doesn't have any friends Austin and that's cares kind of where because she he got caught exactly and other than that that wouldn't matter so i feel like what we're looking at is olivia is a level-headed person yeah she's realizing okay i don't really give a shit it about like us the whole austin thing of the whole thing i don't care about what else is happening i care about taylor because i had a really good friendship with her and i feel like she betrayed me i think that's what we're seeing is a genuine reaction to something and holding a grudge if you want to call it a grudge against the person who perpetrated that yeah which is a normal situation to be in we don't have to look at all of them and be like why is this the only one that's outstanding that's the only one that's outstanding because olivia is normal that's everybody good, else is fucked up it's a good way to put yeah. it um there's too much normalcy there but i like craig first craig saying what he said either last week or two weeks ago changed everything and i've liked craig this whole season i always like craig on southern charm but for the things that i did not care for him for like when we saw him on Summer House and shit yeah. like that. He said it the best. He's like, 
I always have a good take. It just gets lost in translation. Sometimes he gets too amped up and says stupid shit and does stupid shit. Now that he's kind of reeled in, and I guess he can credit Paige with that for reeling him in. Sure. Saying things like this, where he just flat out in front of Austin and Olivia goes, I cut off my friend that hooked up with my ex. Like, has still to this day not talked to whoever this guy is. He's like, it was a permanent ban. Then he replaces it with it's a few years or something like that. But I like that he flat out says in front of those two, like, this isn't normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I whacked somebody from my life because of this. Obviously, there's extenuating circumstances because of Olivia's brother. But at the same time, I like that Craig can vocalize, like, nah, it's still pretty fucking weird. Yeah. Like, this is not a normal scenario. I've cut people out of my life for this shit. So all of this is bizarre. And we're in this weird limbo right now of these crews trying to figure out the elephant in the room, this one thing, Taylor and Olivia, and it's awkward as shit. But Rod, when they leave, he decides to ride with Olivia. and Which I, made sense at the time. It made sense at the time, but I never even thought about it because I like Rod. I think he's a decent dude. But because of that, I was completely blind to like chemistry. Right, me too. And when Austin said they don't have chemistry, and I'm sure production did him real dirty here intentionally, but then I thought back. And I was like, have I ever seen like sparks out of these two? No, but I don't know. Again, this is where things get a little vague. I don't know how many dates they've been on. I don't know how long they've been talking. Enough for him to want to be exclusive. I think that's, yeah, yeah, but that, you know, that's a muddy line. I think that date that we saw in the park where he brought her coffee and something else or whatever, I think that was like their second date. It was their second date. And they kissed or, you know, whatever. I don't know. How long ago was that? that. Uh, No idea. Are we talking month? Because that makes sense. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so, but. I didn't think about their chemistry at all. I just thought, oh, that's good for Olivia. She's moving on. That's, that's great. That's what I thought. And then I looked at Rod separately, individually, not them as a couple, and said, Rod seems like a good dude who has a level head. That makes sense. I'm actually taking that back by the end of this episode, but that's where I think. Same. That's so funny. Same. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. But when it comes down to chemistry, again, same thing. Austin says that. I roll my eyes a little bit like, come on, Austin. Just like, stop putting your foot in your mouth. Stop talking about this. Just move on. He's right. He's a thousand percent right. right. And I thought about it thinking maybe production was doing Rod a little bit dirty while he was riding in the car with Olivia and they were kind of mulling things over and they were actually talking, but they only showed the silent parts and then got into like the nitty gritty. There's nothing there. And you can see it because Rod comes upstairs with Olivia when she goes into the house, shows her the lay of the land, if you will, gets her into her room, awkwardly walks away. Austin comes in, she's fucking smiling. And they have a conversation. She's chit-chatting. She's having a good time. She's throwing jokes at him. He's eating his words. He's smiling back. And then he walks away. That was actually chemistry. Watch this and you can see that that's way. there. Yeah. Rod has none of that. And it's, it sucks because I do, I do like Rod, I think. But maybe we haven't seen enough of Rod to really understand. No, I, I will say him like smacking his gum in the car. He's like... Well, she's like, they're both sitting there in silence and he's yeah. over aggressively chewing his gum. Like, yeah. That bugs me. And I thought like <laughs> when he got in the car in the first place, it made sense to me thinking, well, yeah, like if I'm dating a girl and she randomly like impromptu shows up on the boys trip, I'm going to ride back with her. I'm going to really? chat with her the whole time. He doesn't talk to her at all, except for like show details. If you want to put it that way, they don't talk about anything in their lives. Obviously, Olivia has a lot going on. But there's no like small talk. There's no communication. There's no like laughing or anything going back and forth. It just looks awkward. And again, like we might have not seen a lot. Obviously, didn't see it because I'm assuming it's probably like a 20 minute ride. Given the logistics of where the vineyard is in my brain to where the houses are, I'm sure that there's more conversation had. 
But we watched the following scene identical. Yeah. Because when they went upstairs, I was watching how they were interacting. I was like, wow, they have nothing to say to each other. And as soon as Austin walked in, I was like, that's chemistry. Yep. That's what chemistry looks like. That sucks now for Rod. Now it's all starting to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's all starting to fit. But yeah, that sucks for Rod. But moving on from there, we get dinner. And as we know, Taylor's coming over for dinner. Taylor enters the house. JT comes his pants. <laughs> like, yeah. The dude jumps out of his chair. He's like, Taylor, there's the angel. My angel coming to see me. Hello, Taylor. Such a fucking freak. He's such I, a dork. I, I don't understand him. But do you think Taylor coming over, I don't think it was a production play. I don't, I like a normal person, if Shep was normal, would have said, you know what, Olivia? We're giving you somewhere to stay to get away from Taylor. Clearly, we're not going to invite her over for dinner anymore. He already invited her on the way up. I understand that, but you can reach out and say, look, Olivia just came over here because she needs a place to stay. She doesn't feel comfortable staying there. Do you mind just like not coming over tonight? Now you're telling Taylor it's okay for Austin and Olivia to be here, but it's not okay for you to be here. Of even course though it's okay for the two of them to be together because this is a weird fucking friend group. No, I agree. I'm just saying. She'll understand that. I'm saying optics from Shep's standpoint, he wants to be on Taylor's good side. He's not going to do that. I think he just wants to be around Taylor. Agreed. So he's not going to rescind the invite. Yeah. And then it also but I okay. originally had thought okay, this is just production. Like we thought we were going to get this huge dinner where Olivia and Taylor come over and then obviously fireworks are going to fly and this is going to be crazy. And then Olivia shuts down Taylor and like, all right, maybe Olivia is just going to come over and we'll see how that goes. Taylor's still coming because she was invited. I thought that was production at first, but then I started thinking about all the ulterior motives that could have been thrown in there. And I think what it really comes down to is Shep doesn't give a shit. He doesn't. About any of that. He, he doesn't. He already has his mind fixated on the fact that Taylor's going to come over and they're going to be able to rekindle a little bit of friendship and a little bit of this and that. And maybe there's a chance. We'll see what happens. And that's exactly what he's doing. No, I, I firmly agree with you. And when they sit down to dinner, could not have been a worse start. Could not be a worse start. We already know there's tension at the table. And this further proves your point. The first thing brought up at the table is that they got something for Taylor. And it was Austin's idea. So now Olivia, who's sitting there trying to be cool with this whole thing, has to hear that Austin is still getting things or recommending things for Taylor. And we see Rod like waiting on Olivia, like hand and foot, like he grabs the wine bottle. Now he's doing too much because he's trying to overcompensate for the awkward interactions earlier, which is just a shame. And it's just, it's tough to watch what I thought was going to be a blossoming relationship turn into what it turned into this relation, this relationship, this episode. Yeah. And I think it's going to get more. Well, I think we just saw the end of the relationship. I kind of hope so at this point. But I love that we get a tinfoil hat moment and we get to go through some conspiracies. I'm not going to get into all those because that'll take us in a whole different Yeah, diary. we can do a special episode on that one. I love conspiracy theories. I think they're, I don't, again, I don't believe any of them, but I love reading into them because they're I so believe interesting. All of them. That wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Why not? I just, if you said that like you thought aliens built the pyramids, I would, I would believe that you actually believe that. I think they had a helping hand. Look, if we really want to break down the engineering of the pyramids, like how the fuck did they get them up there? Those big rocks. Big rocks? You know where they are? Cut? You know the coordinates of the uh, the pyramids add up to a certain number that leads to another pyramid, apparently? 3.14. Pi. pi. Yeah, that's the yep. answer to the universe. There's King Tut and King Pi. King Tut. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Rod and Olivia sit down to chat, and she clears the air about the broad thing, and... I believe that that is what happened. Yeah. I firmly believe that she took the bra off. Still, you know, not the best move at Austin's, but there's a lot of weird emotions there. She feels comfortable there. So she took the bra off, threw it away, didn't think about it. Yeah, I don't think they hooked up. I do not either. But this, this is where Rod lost me entirely. 
we know what's happening this weekend. We know she just left Taylor's house after having a very difficult conversation. She's now in a house with both Taylor and Austin. That's uncomfortable. Her brother just passed away. She's still reeling from that whole thing. She came up here to get the fuck out of Charleston to just hopefully clear her head and have a conversation with Taylor. Why on earth is this the moment that you choose to ask to be exclusive? How could you possibly think that her answer would be yes in this moment? He did it out of fear. That's the only reason. reason. I know, but that's the only reason he did it. Otherwise, he would have been able to look at it and say she is dating other guys. She admitted to dating other guys. She tells you that and you then ask her to be exclusive. I I don't understand that. Also, her brother just died. Also, she's mourning the loss of a best friend, trying to repair that relationship. Completely fucked up. You want to sit down and have a me, me, me moment and say, you know what? I'm not comfortable with any of this. What would make me comfortable is you telling me that we're exclusive. No, dude. That's not how that works. This was the moment that I completely turned on Rod. Same. No fucking perspective. Just go away, dude. You know what? Now I'm starting to look at everything else that you've done. You're kind of weird. I don't (laughs) like you. (laughs) See, opinions change quickly around here. So I even wrote, hesitant to get into a relationship, so fuck off, Rod. (laughs) But we get outside, and everyone's a little tuned up now. We got to see JT beat Shep in ping pong. Which I had a feeling wasn't going to end well. As we know, Shep does not like to lose. You want to rate that ping pong match? The two out of ten. Awful. Two out of ten. I would have thought that Shep would be good at ping pong. Yeah, same. That, that seems like something. Ping- yeah, doesn't it? It seems yeah. like, and he's long and lanky. He's like six. He's five. pretty good at tennis, from what I remember Rapid last year. Sports in general. Yeah. You know, I figured that he would have a, a decent stroke. I think he a does good not. like pasty white guy sport. It's a, I mean? a great pasty white yeah. guy. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That pickleball. Yeah, those uh, things. We, yeah. <laughs> Taylor congratulates JT on his win, and she is clearly poking the bear a little bit. As far as Shep reacting the way he did, like, grow the fuck up, dude. It is just a ping pong match. He loses his shit, as we thought he would. However, his tantrum, and Austin's in the background like, dude, it's just a ping pong match. His tantrum did not warrant the response. Did you enjoy cheating on me? Yeah, like, no. Where the fuck did that come from? And I get I get that there's a lot of underlying things here. I appreciate that. I'm sure you're not over it. But if you're going to go on dog walks on the beach with this guy, if you're going to try to rekindle some form of friendship with him, you guys are clearly communicating to the point that you're calling him and saying yes to come over for dinner. He's having a bad reaction to a ping pong match because he's a child. He's overreacting well, and being a dick. All right. Let's not give him too much here. This is I'm not. Uh, no, okay, I'm not. yeah. I'm getting to it. Like, he, he's being a fucking baby, mm-hmm. right? You can make fun of him all you want for that. You're being a child. Grow the fuck up. It's ping pong. You're a bitch. Whatever you want to say. I just didn't understand why you had to bring it to that level where it's like, oh, do you enjoy cheating on me? And then this fucking moron, well, of course. I, I do think that it would have gotten to that level regardless. Eventually, And sure. I think that's kind of what Taylor has learned, as we learned last year in the egg toss. He called her a fucking idiot immediately. That was brutal. He's going to do something like this, like lose, which by the way, to be fair, you would have to babysit me for like two or three days if I lost a JT in any sort of sporting event, fair. just because I don't know what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> I might do something crazy with my car and a tree. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm kidding. But anyway, I think that it would have gotten there anyway. And I think that Taylor understands it's going to get here anyway. So why don't I be the aggressor for once? Why don't I go attack Shep? Oh, so you like that move. I didn't like the move, but I understand where she came from to do it. She didn't counter for the fact that Shep was going to immediately pop back 
with something even worse. How did she not, though? That's where I'm like, what Because she's expect? never been in that position before. He's always berating her. She finally said something really mean to him. And, and he immediately popped back with something even worse. But the funniest part to me was like, as soon as he oh, said it. I was it, cackling, dude. As soon as he said it. I mean, sometimes I enjoyed it. She's like, what'd you say? He's like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even Shep in that moment was like, that was too far. Uh, what did I say? That was too far. I, uh, That's my bad. And obviously it blows up. She throws a drink on and goes inside. And this is where I thought we might actually get an Olivia Taylor rekindling. Yep. Because Olivia's in there. Sees Taylor. And like sees what a mess she is. And this, I think, epitomizes who Taylor is right now. Because she's a mess, man. Like she's a mess. Like she tried to pick a fight with Shep, which is a dumb idea because he has no limits. He's going to win. Yep. You can't go on like a battle of who can say the worst thing with him. He's going to fucking win. She goes inside and she's throwing her fucking mic. She's crying. She's screaming this and that. Olivia is trying to get her like reined in. And I think that Taylor is just so lost, like so completely lost. And we see a glimpse of that the next day. We find out that Taylor and Shep slept in the same bed together. I don't think they had sex or anything. They're all no, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. But they sleep in the same bed. You get Olivia, Craig, and Austin are all chatting about it upstairs. And even Craig's like, I don't think she's a bad person or a shitty person. She's just doing a lot of shitty things. Olivia, in that moment, I think that we are going to get those two come back together because I think Olivia's like, this is not my friend. I don't know what the fuck's going on with her. She is going through it clearly. And she's just thinking completely erratically. Like, Taylor is a fucking wrecking ball. Yeah. And I think that Olivia is going to come to her aid. I really do. I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah, I, I think so too. And the only other thing of note that really happened, obviously, Austin comes in while Shep is completely going through it and correctly identifies the fact that Shep is finally letting out the things that he's been bottling up for yes. so long. Shep even identifies it. Yeah, that's probably what's happening right here. We've been talking for for weeks. I just thought that his motive towards being close to Taylor and being able to use the whole Austin Taylor thing against her to sort of force her into a friendship was going to overpower everything else. Yeah. Instead, he just let this type of emotion bottle up. Now, again, I think that Shep does that regardless of his emotional situation. I think he says something like that regardless because uh, he's kind of a dick. Well, he flat says like some people have a therapist, some people have bourbon. It's like, that is your problem. Yep. There's your problem right there. But Austin comes in and finally says, I expected this. I didn't know it was going to happen after a ping pong match, but I expected this. So why don't you just have it out with me? Go all out. Shep finally gets more off of his chest. He seems a little bit better. Mm. JT was devastated crushed absolutely devastated Fucking crushed when he found out that they slept in the same bed oh my god dude. you saw his soul the joy collapse. that brought me was he walked out he's like there's no coming back from this there's no coming back from this it's like it's not your who do you issue, think bro. he's talking to though I, himself god taylor shep like is he now gonna go after shep we rag on jt a lot you do it from a place of hatred i think he's great for the show and there are points in which I do feel bad for him, where things are happening. I'm like, God, he just simply, when? at the end of the episode, honestly, or uh, no, you know when it was when he was sitting down with little Craig and Taylor got to the house when he like erupts out of his seat. He's like, yeah. And then she comes over to have a chit chat. He just has no game. And that's not his fault. You can't teach certain things. And he's like, I'm just having a heart to heart with my new best friend, Craig, right, Craig? And like, nudges him with his boot it's like dude felt bad for him because like he's trying that's his version of flirting and mm -hmm. he just doesn't know any better you can't 
you can't explain that to a guy. I'm not saying that you have to. No, I just, in that moment, yeah. I don't like watching it. It's awkward and it's uncomfortable, but it's like he's doing his absolute best. He does not have game and you cannot teach game. He just doesn't have it. And it sucks to watch sometimes. And yeah, do genuinely feel bad sometimes because I'm like, fuck, he's trying his best. It's terrible. You're a big softy. I am. You know that. Yeah. That takes us to our favorite, my favorite. Sorry, I don't want to speak for you. My favorite. We're back in Potomac. But we are back in the Mid-Atlantic, and we start out with Ashley and her mom, and they're shopping for flowers for her party. Uh, she's having people at a little housewarming party, and they go over the invite list, and this is where we're introduced to our newest housewife in Potomac, NECA. Then she is from Nigeria, as well as Dr. Wendy, so they have that in common, which comes into play later. And we get to find out if Candace and Ashley have bridged the gap that is, to me, unbridgeable yeah. after what she did last year. And the fact that Ashley can play the role of like, I'm not going to invite her. Like, are you kidding me? As though Candace has done something wrong to her. Yeah, Ashley's taking zero responsibility. And you can tell with that comment, as well as the fact that she refuses to speak on Michael suing Candace. Right? Won't even talk about it. It's public record. She's like, I have no knowledge. You can as much as you want. You can do whatever the hell you want. You know, there's no chance in hell that can't or that Ashley has no knowledge of what it's about. She knows every detail. She probably talks to Michael about it every goddamn day because Without they're a doubt. still married. They're still so, super married. They probably talked about it the entire Bahamas trip and probably figured out a way to go after Candace even more because that's what Ashley does. She's annoying. She acts like she's not involved and she is and she never takes responsibility for the shitty things that she does and she didn't take responsibility later either when she was talking to Wendy i think it's the perfect way to paint it if yeah. you look at what happens later in this episode you cannot deny this is ashley darby to a t she mm -hmm. has a script she's got a playbook she i don't even think she knows she's doing it i think it I just think she does. fucking happens i don't know i, I think, think she mitigates so much of it that i do think she mitigates it a lot and i do think that she sidesteps it a lot and plays the like the oh i don't know what happened i didn't know i said that i agree i think that once she's in it then she's making moves but i think those moves are almost instinctual i think she's like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then when it's all done she's like fuck yeah look at the mess i made i'm still not gonna take any accountability for it but jesus what a shit show what a great show i think that's yeah. what she's doing yeah but I got re-mad about that dinner again last, the one from last year where all of her Sesame Street characters came in and Candace was, or not Candace, Giselle was there. Yeah. Oh my so God. Just when they Ashley, that Giselle clip. and four other girls. Like, I why do we too. need this on TV? We don't need this. And then Ashley starts it off by saying, well, this one over here has a little bit of information, don't you? You're mitigating all of this. Then this what? is your fucking puppetry. And we did not need that scene at all last year. We definitely don't need fucking Giselle sitting there. She's fucking it. Jim Henson. Yeah. It, yeah. She is Jim Henson. She's Jim Henson. She is Jim Henson controlling her little Sesame Street characters. That's Wait, Jim Henson is... Muppets. Muppets. Mm -hmm. But still, like... Close. Same, yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's close enough. Yeah, it's, it's puppets. I got you. Puppets. We're, that's some highbrow comedy That right is. Yep. Let me tell you what. But we get to Mia and Karen, and they're walking through the park. And as we know, Mia perpetuated some rumors last year that she had heard that Karen had been out with the blue-eyed man and that they had sex in a bathroom and she's dating the guy from, like, I guess he's uh, From Vegas manager? or something? I don't know. The I whole thing's kind of whatever. The whole thing is kind of not true. I don't think it's true either. I Look, enough people have brought up the blue-eyed man that it calls into question some things. Mia's story did not make me go, ooh, no. that's good proof. But Karen's just upset because she doesn't like the rumors. And I, we know that about Karen a lot. Like, she hates when this rumor's brought up. And that, to me, again, is like, oh, well, maybe when there's smoke, there's fire. 
But her whole thing is if we are going to continue this friendship and get back to where we were, or at least to a good place, like I need boundaries. We need to set some rules aside. No more rumors. Don't bring rumors to me. Don't act like they're true. And we're only shaking hands from here on out. The shaking of the hands is my favorite. Awesome. That's so great. Like to just be like, nope, no hugs. No hug. Even in front of other people. Yep. Nope. Handshake for you. And everybody knows what's going on too. It's, it's so fucking As soon as you see me. the Karen handshake, you know what's going on. Yeah, like, ooh, you pissed her off, yep. huh? You, you're on the bad Dog side house. of the Grand Dame. But I do think it's interesting that at least Mia is open about the fact, because Karen brings up the embezzlement thing, and I thought that was going to be a point of contention, but mm-hmm. instead, Mia's like, no, I thought the same thing out of the gate. And that's one of two things, right? That's either her trying to cover her own ass because there was embezzlement going on, or she was flat out like, yeah, I, I thought the same exact thing. I saw everything come out. Where's this money going? Like, what the fuck is Gordon doing? How do you fire a CEO? Because of, I forget what the rule or the reasoning was. He got voted out because they have a board. Yeah. What? And the board was the rest of his family. So Right. So you would. Again, that, that is absolutely one of those things where there is smoke, there's fire. It might not be embezzlement. They may have just been running the fucking company into the ground because they're opening all these goddamn branches and, and doing a huge opening party. Welcoming parties. Yeah, for each like, one of them. no. And this is, again, this is what Mia was doing last year when she appointed herself as the CEO of all of this. You're not. You're not involved at all. And she was what, the, the director face. of marketing, she you're, said. Whatever the fuck you are. You do nothing. You do absolutely nothing. You show up at these events, you smile, you cut a ribbon. And then you show up like once a month. And you probably spend 10 grand on this opening thing. So now you're a brand new store is in a $10,000 hole. On top of whatever the cost was to rent the space and completely remodel the space. And knowing you. Put everything in. Yeah, knowing you because you lease houses or rent houses and put in $60,000 of renovation, which I mentioned every week. I cannot get over it. No. But- you wonder where the money's going. That's where it's yeah, going. It probably went to their yeah. fucking. And if you know what, if I'm G's brother, I'm voting him out of here just to get Mia out. Honestly, because it seems like that's what Mia is doing. And we get another mention of, well, I'm not drinking anymore. And Karen's like, oh, that's good so for you. And she's dumb. like, I am drinking wine because it's at the grocery store, which means it's nutritious. The whole thing's so it's such fucking bullshit. I want it to blow up in her face so bad. I, I want her too. to keep. I got so annoyed when she said once again that she's not drinking again while she's trying to. Like fix a relationship with Karen, that's a cop out. It is people a cop do out. that every day. They say, you know what, my behavior is shitty. I stopped drinking for you know two or three days later. I, I stopped drinking. It's like okay, you're using that as an excuse to try to get into that. Let's show a little bit of resilience. Let's make sure that you're still on the same path in a couple of weeks. You cannot sit there and say I'm not drinking, but I'm drinking wine. That doesn't make any fucking sense. People get absolutely blackout on wine. That's what happens. So that's really annoying. I want her to keep saying it, though. I, I want her to go to every single person and keep saying that she's not drinking because I want her to have one of those nights towards the end of the season when they go on whatever fucking trip they're going on because every season has a trip. I want her to get so drunk and make an absolute fool out of herself. And then everybody comes back and goes, I thought you weren't drinking. I do, too, because it, you know, as a sober person, it's fucking so disrespectful to yeah. say you're not drinking. And then you're like, oh, but I still crush wine. It's like we're not allowed to drink any of it. Because it leads to horrible things. I stopped drinking except for Four Locos. Yeah, right. Like it's, it's, I have a thousand of the original Four Locos. I just drink those sometimes. The funniest part of that is literally the same equivalent. Yeah. There, you can pick and choose what you are and are not drinking. It's you are still drink. drinking. It's fine. Yeah, it's like drinking no, a coffee. It's so dumb. So I actually agree with you there. Normally, I would say I wish you'd shut the fuck up because it's disrespectful as hell. But I agree. If she I has to a blow up, blow up night where she's just a drunken mess, then it's going to be like, ha, that's what wine does, you moron. That's mm-hmm. what alcohol does. But- 
whatever. We move on to Candace and she's with her manager and they're getting all of the pieces put in place for her music career to kind of take the next step to the next level. And we know she was on her deep space tour. Where was it at? Philly city winery, city winery tour. God, every time I point to you, you always whiff. We got, it wasn't wrong. No, it was in Philly, but she did a city winery tour, much like the bros. We went to a lot of city wineries. I'm just saying, but she's leaving her current label to move on to hopefully like one of the major labels and, and whether it's your cup of tea or not, you can't deny the songs are good. She had Trina on as a feature in the music video as well. Like she's making moves. So this actually could be, we talked about it last week. This might be a real housewives music career. We don't see a lot of those. So she's getting all the pieces put in place. And but you're still going to defend Adriana. Shit, look, man, look, <laughs> if you want to get into it, I don't Emilio I'm just, Estefan. I'm just, I'm just taking notes here. Who are you? To overstep Emilio. Songs Emilio. That was really loud. I, I was. I, I just feel bad for the listeners. The levels just went like crazy. Yeah, you're so gonna have to edit that one down a little yeah, bit. I'm gonna have to tone that one down a little bit. Chop a little off. I'm just saying the proof is in the pudding, pal. If you look at it, Emilio Estefan is on her team. He's got a song for her. Apparently, I, I pronounced Camilla Caballo's name wrong. I probably just did it wrong again. The, the way like, you just said that made me think of the "I think you should leave" skit. <laughs> it's right in your fucking Q zone. Play Moon River Rock for us. <laughs> it's not right in my cue zone, right? I hope that our listeners understand. Adriana's is absolutely getting scammed. <laughs> well, Stop scamming guys into thinking they're going to be stars. I, Dude, that's a really funny pull. Well done. But Drew comes up because she has a show in Chicago and the show is sold out and they're trying to figure out a guest to come on stage with her to sing. Not the reaction I expected. Yeah. She's like, mm, no. I love a good crossover, too. She's, I know. You love a crossover. I She's like, think about it for a second. Wait, 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 what? Yeah. Nah. Not into it. And I don't know. I was trying to read it, right? I'm trying to read her body language. I'm trying to read what she's saying. I couldn't tell if she didn't think Drew was up to snuff. Because then later she says, I don't need anybody else up there for the pull. And right. I don't want anybody of note. We usually don't have to speculate when it comes to Kansas. No, it's usually hard. Pretty tells us. Yeah, it's usually like right out there. But initially, I'm like, she doesn't like her, and then I'm like, oh, she doesn't want anybody stealing the spotlight. I think there's a lot of bad press around Drew right now with what's going on with Ralph, and then the affair, and is she dating this woman or not, and all this shit's going on. She doesn't want to take away. It just makes sense. But again, that's me thinking that logically. The way Candace was reacting to it and all of her facial expressions, it seems like there's more. But it could just, it could be as plain as, yeah, I don't really think that she's like up to snuff. But when her manager suggests we can just have the same girl who did the intro before come on tour with you, she immediately said yes. And that's, I mean, I don't know who that is. And that seems like a no-name person. That's, I think, I think so I it's think like it's, the no-name aspect. Yeah, I think it's just like have somebody come up and I don't want to take away from me. But I, I think that's it. I, I agree with you. The bad press surrounding them, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe she threw Drew a bone via Bravo. Because it's yeah, it was Atlanta's season, too. It wasn't even Potomac's season. Okay. Uh, uh, you, so it's like, right. we need a storyline for Drew. We're going to so have Drew up there getting her career restarted. Let's have Candace bring her back up. And now she's like, I don't have to do that now this time. I think you're right. I think to wrap it all up into one, I think she wants her music career to stand alone from Bravo. I don't think she wants the Bravo yeah. bump anymore. I think mm-hmm. she wants to be able to stand alone and say, no, this is my music career over here. This is my Bravo career over here. Okay. There are two separate entities. I do not want to lean on Bravo anymore to get my music off the ground. I can get behind that. I think I like that. Yep. 
But then we get Juan and Robin at home. And I want to dive into this more so than we did last week. Um, and when we get there, you'll know. But the the first sentence pissed me off because Robin's like, I know you don't like getting into women's business. It's like, no, this is about him. This is not women's business because the women are talking about your gross husband. That's not women's business. That is everybody's business that your man is trying to step out of because he's uncomfortable because he's lying to you. That's what's happening here. After seeing this scene, I also am further on board of the arrangement thing because he's just like flat out like, I don't care. It's like, well, you should, man. I'm not on the arrangement thing anymore. You're not? (laughs) (laughs) What a flip. I completely flipped on it. So I think that she I think she's suppressing things and she's definitely suppressing completely out of it. And I think now we can talk about it more. Yeah, no, I I think that she's completely suppressing it. And I mean, again, one of the weirdest interactions. It doesn't make any sense. Knowing what's going on and seeing the two of them. All of the other interactions that she has when the other women are just asking her about what's going on or last week, which was very emotional and it brought up a lot of emotions for Sharice and Ashley and Giselle. Now you're sitting here with the guy who's being, I guess, photoed with other women walking around, not giving a fuck, explicitly saying he doesn't care. And she has like no reaction to it. It's so bizarre. That's what I, I was don't know what to week. think. Last week, I was thinking, okay, this is a thousand percent just a straight up arrangement and they're just acting right now. This week, it seems like her emotions are just gone. Like she's she's so exhausted. Yeah, it seems like she has been beaten down by this dude. Not literally. I think just emotionally deteriorated from the first time they were married and dealing with that shit. And now it's re like reappearing in this current relationship with him. And I think that she's shutting down. I think she doesn't know how to deal with it. She's like, fuck, I'm an idiot. I just don't think it's an actual full-on arrangement. I think it's Ralph is doing things and she's turning the other eye because she just wants things to be normal. It's like, don't ask, She doesn't want to deal deal with it and she's just all over the map and doesn't have emotions to deal with it. And he's getting away with it. I think so, I think that's where it is. That's And when I said I'm like getting further on board of the arrangement thing... I'll probably flip-flop again. I still believe that this could not be an arrangement. I'm not fully on board the arrangement train. I'm just saying... I don't know. So, this is so bizarre I to don't watch. Know. I feel horrible. Regardless, I feel really bad for Robin. I know she's not doing herself any favors. I think she's so wrapped up in this whole thing that she can't get out of her own way. Nothing she's she the only say. one who's answering questions about it, too. Again, that's, I feel like that's the biggest part. She's the only one who's dealing with it from the outside. Yeah. And obviously, there's no real house husbands of Potomac, so we're not seeing what Juan is doing day to day and talking to other people. But I imagine he's not having that conversation with anyone. Absolutely not. Does the guy have any friends? Probably not. He averaged eight points a game in the NBA. <laughs> Which takes us to what I, I looked up his stats and I felt really good about that. This week. I figured you had him pegged. Yeah. You, you remember that kind of stuff. But we start talking about his current coaching situation and job situation. And I want to get into that Love more than boys. we did last week. I know. Fuck you, dude. No, you don't. Because what Proud happened? for them boys. What happened? at your previous job at Coppin State is atrocious. And you were the head coach and one of your players got catfished by an assistant coach to the point that he was blackmailed into sending sexual videos. And you, as the coach of this basketball team, your job when these kids get to college is to take care of them, help them become better men and send them out in the world. The parents entrust these children to you to care for them and look out for them during their tenure at Coppin State. Not only did you whiff on that entirely, you then tried to cover it up. You didn't address it. You kept the coach on staff for an extended period of time without firing him. You had no regard 
for this young man's health, mental health, mental well-being, life, his life is fucked because of you. Because you could not fire that guy and speak out on it and take a fucking stance, you pussy. Like, that's what drives me nuts. This guy wants to be like, oh, I got fired because we didn't win games. Like, you know, I got that lawsuit, but I love my guys. I love my guys. If you loved your guys, we would have seen it in the fucking press. You would have went to bat for this poor kid. Instead, now he's alienated. He feels like shit. There's no telling what's going to happen with this kid next. He went to Coppin State under your tutelage to try to get to the next level of basketball. And instead, you let an assistant coach fucking manipulate one of your players and you have the balls to say on TV that you got fired because you don't win games? Like, seriously. Seriously, fuck you. Like, that Especially fucking makes me so goddamn mad. Post-Paterno, too. Dude. Like, there's a script out there for this whole thing. Yeah. Every college director should be aware of what's going on and making sure what's going on. Yeah, obviously, it goes to the top, and it's not just one. There's people, these the AD, there's whoever else might have been involved. It makes sense the Coppin State's going to clean house entirely for you to completely turn the other way and say, it's because I wasn't winning games. It's not. Well, maybe because you weren't winning games, that sucks too. So you're a shitty person so you're a and, shitty a shitty coach. and a shitty person. You shouldn't be able to get a job somewhere else. No, absolutely. You should have not. no options. You should be sitting at home thinking about what you did was wrong. You should be learning how to code so you can work freelance. Yeah. Like oh, you don't whoa. deserve a job. I'm not saying I'm no shot to coders. I'm saying that's going to be your only option. No, you just did another crossover to Atlanta. Oh, nice. He's crossing over all over the place. Oh, they got crossovers What's all over the place. your husband do? I right, codes. There you go. But go seriously. conventions in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and I also tied it back to the other shittiest husband in the franchise, yep. Ralph. But seriously, dude, like, no, you should never be allowed around college athletes again because of what you did not do. It's not even what you did. It's what you did not do. You lack yep. the constitution to protect your players, your one fucking job as a college coach. That's your one main job. Win games, take care of your fucking players. And you didn't do either. You protected your assistant coach who is disgusting and deserves everything he got coming to him. So do you, Juan. Fuck you. Seriously, man. Like The, the more I thought about it, and we got a lot of commenters when I posted about uh, Juan last week, mm -hmm. referencing that like people haven't talked about this enough. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure like we really hit it on the head. Because it's fucking awful. Like, it really is horrible. And it got brushed under the rug. And now we're seeing this guy on TV act like it's not a big deal. Like, he got shafted out of a job. Like, what are we doing here? And that's the worst part, too. Let alone what you're doing to your wife. Uh, dude, like, like... Just an all-around shitty person. Like, I, I hope he understands. Like, I really, truly like, hope he understands. That did not look like the face of a guy who understands. I'm, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. I hope that he understands at some point that your children will see all of this. Your children will ask questions yep. about what happened with your job. They will watch these episodes back. Like, fuck. <laughs> anyway, I feel better now, but Good. we get to meet NECA for the first time. And this, to me, is like, this has the potential to be great for the show. Because she is what you would call, like, one of the OG-type housewives. We're talking generational wealth she has like eight family homes some are in nigeria she is not sure she might have two there we're not positive not positive that. on that one we got one in florida we got one up by the great lakes i Couple believe up by the great lakes like there's houses everywhere i love her her husband who's a doctor he seems super yeah, interesting he, seems he awesome. also owns a nightclub yep. he also looks like he could beat the shit out of anybody yep these two are also models scrubs model scrubs like this could Get be that a guy on a show. couple, like seriously, like I'm liking what I got out of them the first episode. Yeah. 
they're getting a new house. They're getting it built right now. We see that the <laughs> the contractor's like, and this is what the guest room's like. No, this is a closet. This is a closet. Yep. This could also be a closet or a bedroom. We're not sure. And Ike says that it's the twins' bedroom, so they're having twins. I don't know how you know that, but you know, hey, maybe it runs in the family. What is it? Every other? If you have twins in your family, it's every other. Something like that. They're actually trying to have kids, and I appreciate that she's letting us into that aspect of their life right out of the gate. They've been doing, you know, she's got her prenatals. They've been trying for a little while now. They're not having the easiest time. So that always resonates with our audience. I believe that other people are going through this and seeing it spoken out about. We always enjoy that. We like to see the vulnerability of people, especially new on the show. Jumping on, we get to Dr. Wendy and a studio space. I have questions. I have a lot of questions. I have questions. So And notes. She's starting a talk show. It sounds like a podcast, but she's starting a talk show, and she's looking at studio space. It's a beautiful space. And then she goes into budget. Not only does she not have it in the budget for this space, she doesn't have pre-production into the budget. So you don't really have anything. You got nothing but an idea. You don't even have a name. No. You finally come up with it. You don't even really have an idea. The way you're talking, you're saying, I'm going to go over here and I can cook something for people. And then we can just have a chat. And it's just going to be very conversational. I'm going to have a glass of wine. It's like, what is this thing? I don't know. It's not a talk show. I don't know what that is. I don't. And also, don't you, if you're going to have a talk show, I guess, unless you're putting it on YouTube. YouTube. What up, YouTube? Unless you're putting it on YouTube. Is that even a talk show anymore? Don't you have to have a network sign you want to be a talk show? I think that she said that's the goal is to get picked up by a network, which I didn't realize that's how talk shows work. I don't think it is. Where you start a talk show and then hopefully get it picked up. I think you can start a podcast. And get picked up as a talk show? You could be a streamer and then. And then get a host. ABC might reach out and say you can come on The View. I, I have no idea. Okay. Well, regardless, I. I don't think it's like a terrible idea. I think that there is a route here in which it's successful. Coming I from just, two guys who started the Bravo podcast. Exactly. But I guess I'm confused why you needed the meeting in the studio space when you should be hammering down the details of what this show is about and what it's called. And also how much it's going to cost. The budget. Like sitting down in a space and looking at spaces before having anything else planned out is wild. It's a crazy it seems move. like she jumped to like step eight and she hasn't even gotten done step one yet. Yeah. Step I, one is what's name. Yeah. Let's go with name and premise. Zen Wen doesn't from, work. Zen Wen sucks. Yeah. Then what was the next one? Wendy's wisdom. Wendy's wisdom sucks. Immediately sucks. Wine with Wendy is wine with Dr. Wendy. Okay. Because then it's also like, are you whining? Are you drinking wine? Is it both? Like, okay, that's you can have Mia on. She can drink a little wine. It's fun. Oh fuck. I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Nicely done. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Mia needs to get out of her thousand square foot apartment. Oh, I have something to say about that later. But we get to Pilates, and I thought this was a fun edit for the girls where I like when they do the Potomac does a good job with the editing. They really do. They always cut in like then they turn it into like a infomercial like an kind of deal. Yeah, it was yeah. funny. I, I like that. But they get to chatting after the workout, and Giselle brings up the Robin Juan thing, and she asks if Karen will apologize to Robin for the shit that went down last year. And look, do I see where Karen maybe overstepped with the the girl in Georgetown thing? Yeah, okay. She didn't actually have a picture, and if she's the one saying to Mia. No more rumors. Rumors of the devil. Let's not do that anymore. Then, yeah, in that regard, you do need to apologize or at least own up to the fact that you were also spreading a rumor. I However, think that, I think Robin has to apologize first. Robin definitely needs for, to apologize for Karen. First. There's no way that Karen 
And I'm not even putting this on Karen to go over and apologize first. She shouldn't have to. I, what she did was just do less of the same thing what Robin did with the Mr. Blue Eyes thing. Oh, I agree. So, yeah. And if you let me finish. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was, going, I was going to say the other part of this is we have mounting evidence against one. Yeah. More and more things are coming. We have photos of him with other women. We have previous indiscretions. I think that was a slight dig, too, when Karen said, well, yeah, I didn't come with photos. I do, too. Yeah. But it's not the same scenario. If Robin apologizes, then I think Karen can say, you know what? I'm sorry for spreading this rumor. Right. But I, I agree with you. I don't think Karen needs to be the one. Yeah, it would be a mutual that. apology for the same thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But we get to Ashley's party, and uh, I got to say, and people talk about it all the time, but you're the fashion guy here, I know. First of all, the fashion overall was not great. Giselle's dress. I don't know what Can we talk about on. the dress? It looked like a smoothie. What are we doing out here? It's a nautical theme. Be nautical. There's lots of <sighs> nautical themes you can wear. I the nautical theme pissed me off. I knew it would. Seaside I in the city. Yeah. I talked about it last Never. week. It's fucking dumb. You it's... have a beach house in the middle of the city. It's stupid. But at least it look the day... She has her own house. I'm happy that she has her own house. I again I don't really like Ashley that much. Happy she has her own place to move around with the kids. That's great. Seaside theme, stupid as shit. Double down? Seaside party? Really fucking dumb. I thought it, but look, if you're gonna do it, like lean into it. And the other part of it is I get the seaside theme. The house isn't tacky. Like it's not. No, like it's not tacky top. at all. Like, no. it, it, she did a, it just a looks good job. It does, but at the same time, if that makes her happy and it's not tacky, like I can appreciate the fact that it's nautical themed or whatever. Seaside. I keep wanting to say Seaside Heights, Jersey Shore. Whoop, whoop. But I, I don't know. I, I get where it's annoying, but at least it looks good. Sure. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. Okay. But we're at Ashley's bar. I was talking about dresses. You brought it up. She out. needs better friends. If you were having a house. No, she doesn't because she's a terrible friend. She needs to be a better friend first. There. Thank and then you. she needs better friends. Okay, fine. But if you built a house and you were like, yeah, it's my seaside escape. And we were in the middle of Philadelphia and you were going to have a nautical theme party. I would tell you you're an idiot. I know you would. Yeah. As soon as you walked in. She needs in, better friends. As soon as you walked in, if my house was like nautical themed, you'd be like, what is this? And why? <laughs> What the fuck is this? This is this terrible. a bit. Yeah, you're you're fucking with me, yeah. right? That's that's how that conversation would go. But you would actually do that, so I have great style. No, you would decorate your entire house just to fuck. Oh, with as a bit, I would. Yeah, yeah. I, we we go to long lengths here yeah. to to get over on each other, but everybody arrives, and uh, this is where I have an issue with Mia. You can say what you want about the seaside thing, okay? Mia makes a joke where she like teases her house. Mm -hmm. Where's your house? Mia, where's your house? That's I don't all know. I want to know. Yeah. You because... can't. You are in no position to make a joke. You just downsized from ten thousand square feet of renovation that you were renting to sixteen hundred square feet to an apartment. Yeah, which you can't is make fine. Any jokes. You should just be happy that you're still in the fucking show. That's what I mean. Seriously, I just do. walk in there and be grateful that you're invited. Yep, because you don't get to make a joke because the biggest joke ever told about a house is that you spent sixty thousand dollars to yep. renovate a rental. So shush. We should get a counter going on YouTube just every time you bring it up. Just a running it's thing. It's going to be a lot. I can't get over it, man. But Wendy gets there and the most awkward hellos in the world. This is partly why I really enjoy Wendy when she's on TV because she doesn't fuck around. Yeah. If she doesn't fuck with you, she is not going out of her way to pretend to. She says hello to two of the women and then she leaves Giselle and me in the dust. She's like, yep. nope, don't have time for you guys and I'm not going to disrupt my piece for you, which is great. But 
I was shocked. I even knew it was coming. But when you really think about everything that transpired last year, and then you see Deborah walk in the door, I'm like, Ashley sucks. Ashley sucks. She's Why is Deborah here? She's the worst. She came after Wendy's. I forgot about Happy Eddie because I was so she stuck on Wendy's Chris. husband and Candace's husband. I know. Yeah, I, like... I'm so stuck on the Chris part that I forgot about Eddie. I'm like, how could you invite Deborah when she was the root of all these issues? We saw on TV, on camera, Eddie was not up to anything nefarious. There was nothing inappropriate going on. Your friend lied about your other friend's husband. At your direction. At your direction. And then you invite her over with Wendy. What are we doing? And that's, you're 100% right. She sits behind the scenes and comes up, like, I can see her, like, an evil laugh, like, twiddling her fingers, like, hmm, what's next? She knows what she's doing. But NECA arrives, and this was interesting. This makes me think that there's more here, because Ashley asks Wendy, like, do you know her? Have you seen her? Her husband's a doctor. She's like, I've seen her a few, a couple, I've seen her in passing. Like the way that she responded with that, I was like, I think you guys know each other a little bit better than you're letting on right now. And I wonder if that's well, what was it? Neca said that her husband's cousin is friend or no, something along her husband's lines. cousin's wife is friends with Wendy or something. There, there's like a second or third degree of attachment there. Yeah. So maybe I, I think it probably was passing. I'm kind of taking I it for that... face value, but I, I do agree. Because I always do that too. When Same, when people right? say things, like I overanalyze it. It could have just been a mistake, and she just didn't want to make it sound like she actually knows who she is. So she kind of downgraded as she went, and then said it was in passing because that's actually what it is. Okay. Rather than getting caught and being like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly who you are," and then you know, kind of attaching yourself to Wendy, Got because it. again, I mean, you're both from Nigeria, so you're already kind of attached now. You're gonna be like, "Wow, you guys are Nigerian. You have so much in common. Why don't you guys talk to us? Are you guys friends? Why don't you you guys have so much commonality? Like you kind of already." Don't want that. Right. So maybe don't say, oh, yeah, I know who, exactly who she is. Because, because then you're together, together again. Now yeah. you're a team. Yeah. Got, okay, fair Especially enough. Especially if you're NECA, you want to be. You want to stand alone. Exactly. You yeah, want to stand okay. alone and be the, the new person. All right. That's fair. But she's saying hi to everybody. And once again, Mia takes a little dig in a confessional. Like, oh, her little valley girl. Like, hey, girl. It's like, again, hide your jealousy just a little bit. I know she's a lawyer and her husband's a doctor and she has like actual real fuck you money. She walks in looking great. I saw the Louis Vuitton clutch. Like, that's money. Money just walked in. This is what it looks like, everybody. And most of the women play it cool. Karen, who also has money, is like, I like her a lot. Yep. I like her a lot. She comes in dressed the nines. Big fan. Mia, the insecure one, takes a dig. Yep. You look stupid. You're making it's fun of- It's going to be a year of Mia being very insecure. Oh, yeah. Tell me about if it. we hadn't already seen that. It's going to get worse and worse. But we get a Wendy and Ashley convo, and this is where we get- to see Ashley Darby be Ashley Darby once again. Deborah comes up and Wendy's like, look, I'm trying to be close to you. I'm trying to figure out a way back to our friendship. I need to trust that you're not going to stab me in the back. Yep. Ashley doesn't address that at all. Does not even kind of address it. She sidesteps it and almost puts it on Wendy. And she's like, well, I was talking with NECA. And when I brought up the doctor thing, she said, oh, is she a doctor or is she like a PhD, a doctor of philosophy? She, she clarifies like, no, I am a doctor of philosophy. I still have my PhD. I am yeah. still a doctor and you will address me as doctor. Yep. Then she goes on to say something about Osu, which we find out is like a shunned family in Nigeria. It's something that's been banned, I guess, over the years. 
but it's a it's a scathing remark. You're not like it's something you don't say about somebody in their culture. Yes. She says that NECA's the one that brought that up. Roll the tape. Ashley's the one doing all of this. She's moving all the pieces. And then in her own confessional goes, oh, whoops. I thought that that's how it went down. I forgot I said all those things. You've now painted NECA to Wendy as the aggressor, as the agitator, yeah. as the one trying to start shit. You got their relationship off and running on the wrong foot. They don't even know each other, really. They know each other in passing, and you've set the stage. I hope it doesn't turn into that. And I think this is the way that I watch this. Ashley was fishing. Ashley was trying to get a rise out of Wendy because she's friends with NECA. So she's going to try to protect her to herself, if you will. Okay. And she doesn't want Wendy and NECA to be friends. Okay. So she started off by saying, well, she downplayed you being a doctor. How do you feel about that? Wendy didn't take the bait. Wendy was cool, calm, and collected and said, I am a doctor and you will address me as doctor. Okay, cool. I think NECA would probably agree. That's probably not a big deal. Then she moved on to the next thing. Let me try to get into your culture and say that NECA said something really bad about you and your culture. Let's see if that gets anything. Wendy still sticks her ground and just clarifies what that means. I'm hoping that Wendy comes out of this and doesn't hold anything against NECA. I Maybe. I, I don't think so. But like, how could you? Here's You're going to sit down with somebody that you've known for years, and then they're going to tell you about somebody that just walked in the door that you know in passing Agreed. and say, hey, they were talking shit on you. How are you going to feel? Not great. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt right away. I don't know you. I agree. So we're going to see. And unfortunately, the issue here is you're putting trust into Ashley, who is not a trustworthy person. No, but she's good at, at spinning the wheel and spinning the narrative like she has been. And for whatever reason, yeah. it tends to stick. And here's my thing and why it might blow up. I hope that those two can sit down and just have a conversation and get to the bottom of it without shit boiling over. Wendy is a very proud person, rightfully so. Right. She has a lot to be proud of. She's a very impressive woman. But because of that, she tends to take negative remarks such as that and hold a grudge for a really long time. And she holds a grudge in which, like, we, we've seen it when she right. doesn't get along with other women, like with, with Robin last year, right? Like, she has a difficult time moving on from it, mm -hmm. and I, I just hope that because NECA seems really proud too. Like I don't think she's going to back down either. So I'm afraid that they're going to enter the conversation with Ashley Darby in the back of their head, right? Ashley said that she said this, and Ashley said that she said this. And they both have that, right? And I am afraid that they're going to enter the conversation on bad terms without knowing that they got set up, and they're not going to be able to bounce back from it immediately. It might take some time. I hope what happens is they sit down and go, hey, I heard this from Ashley. Hey, I heard this from Ashley. And they both like, oh, it's Ashley. Yeah, that, that's really what I'm hoping. And that's, that'll go to tell you what Wendy actually feels about Ashley. Because yeah. we can see this. We've been watching Ashley for years. We understand what she does and who she is. This is where the perspective of rewatching seasons is going to come into play. Is Wendy really paying attention when she rewatches? Is she rewatching at all? Because every single one of Ashley's confessionals, I'm pointing at the TV even though there's nothing on there, every single one of Ashley's confessionals, she shows who she actually is. Yeah. She admits who she is in the confessionals as if nobody's ever going to see these things. Yeah. They are. So you start to get that playbook on who Ashley is. You should understand right away. And I'm hoping, again, because Wendy didn't take the bait during this conversation, that she just doesn't trust Ashley and she's going to be able to take Necker for face value. I guess we'll find out. But I think that you're right. Wendy is a very proud woman, so she has a hard time letting things like that go when her accomplishments are slighted, yeah. even in the lightest bit. And hearing it from another person that they were slighted is kind of tough to hear. 
So we'll see where it goes. I'm hoping that they can clear the air, though. Me too. I, I hope it doesn't lead to more, but... Yeah, I don't want another season of Ashley Darby manipulating people. Well, buckle already up, starting. <laughs> Seaside manipulation. But that takes us to the question portion of the show. So let's jump right in. Up first. Oh, shit. From exactly. So that Polaroid of Olivia and Austin was staged, right? We, we didn't even talk about the Polaroid. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about yeah, the Polaroid. Yeah, forgot about the Polaroid. I think that he left it in there for that reason. I don't know if he ever thought she would see it. I, I have a hard time believing that that was sentimental value. I think it's fully sentimental. Value. You do? Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too hard on I him. think that Austin's looking back at his life right now and saying, wow, it, was really, it would be really nice if I was just in a stable relationship I with Olivia. He is more introspective than we yeah. give him credit for. I don't even know if it's because he is in love with Olivia still. I think he's in love with the idea of being in a stable relationship with her. Okay. Because he looks right. at his life and he doesn't really like what he sees. Fair enough. From Bravo Gen 99, which Bravo men would you let date your sister? And which would you ban? It's a very short list. Very short list on dating. Very long list on not dating. You, gotta um, pick, you have to pick one to date. Craig? Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. Shit. Craig or... It's so funny because had I not known about like the cheating rumors and shit and just watched like a few seasons of Beverly Hills, I'd be like, Mo. Yeah. But we know. Um, okay, Craig and Captain Lee. <laughs> Captain Lee, there you go. That's a good power tandem. It's the only ones I can think of. That may be Captain Jason, but we don't really know a lot about him, except that Adriana lied about hooking up with him. That yeah. So that's a tough, yeah, that's a pretty easy list. And everybody else, Bam. they're not even allowed to look at my yeah, sisters. No. I will murder them all. Steel has sisters, I don't. I do, I have three, and they're not allowed to go near Bravo people. From, oh boy. Uh-oh. This is tough. E-N-G-Z-I-S-K-I-N. Enziskin? I'm so sorry if I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering this. Enziskin. How do you feel about Shep's personal growth after last episode? I don't think Shep grows. I think that Shep understands who he is better than we think he does. And I think that he has moments of clarity where he's like, yeah, that was fucked up by me, but I don't think he has any inclination of changing. Yeah, I don't know if it's growth. I think we're just seeing Shep. Shep is way more relaxed when he's not in a relationship. Yeah. And that's maybe what we're seeing. But again, I mean, every time that he does something good that you can take for face value as being good, we always talk about what the motive is behind that. Right. And there usually is a motive behind it. So there are some things that say Shep is growing, but in reality, I think he's just... Happy to not be in a relationship. And he's said as much. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah. Well said. But you got anything else? No, I'm good. Well, don't forget we have our live show on Sunday. If you cannot make it to LA, then watch it, stream it, buy it. We will post the link in our Instagram so you can watch the bros do their thing on stage. We are so excited. We got to pick out our outfits. We're not there. I have two ends of the spectrum right now. I've told you what one of them is. The yep. other one's like, classier like and the other one is probably what i'm going to go with yes uh with your support which is nice but i don't know do you have yours yet no any ideas i have an idea okay well you guys will find out someday yeah. only a couple more days to figure it out tune in if you want to see what we ended up wearing other than that the bros are out of here see you friday bye
Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.